This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, August 14th, 2012. I'm Caleb Brown. Paul Ryan, Mitt Romney's choice for vice president, brings a level of detail to federal budget questions that few members of Congress are willing to match. But is that all to the good? Dan Mitchell, a senior fellow at the Cato Institute, evaluates the fiscal ideas of Paul Ryan. The most significant thing about Paul Ryan's fiscal approach is that he wants to slow down the growth of government spending. Now, not cut it. You know, that's only in the Washington definition of a smaller increase being a cut. Uh, is he cutting spending? But instead of having government spending grow more than 8% a year, which is what happened during the Bush years, Paul Ryan, in his budgets, wants government to grow about 3% a year. Now, that's not nearly as much as what we would like to do at Cato. We'd like to actually be cutting government spending. But if you have government grow slower than the private sector, sooner or later, very good things begin to happen. Government spending falls as a share of GDP. More resources are left in the control of the productive sector of the economy. Uh, And so, Yes, it's a it's a marked improvement over where the Republican Party used to be to have someone like Paul Ryan, who does want to do real entitlement reform, to have someone like that in a major position. In some ways, I, I think this burns in the idea that Mitt Romney is not about cutting the size and scope of government specifically, but merely slowing its growth. Merely slowing the growth of government spending sounds like a very modest and incomplete goal. But if we have government grow slower than the private sector, sooner or later we solve our problems and government does begin to shrink as a share of GDP. That's how we made progress during the Clinton years. So, of course, from a Cato Institute perspective, it's all grossly inadequate. We want to start shutting down departments yesterday. Uh, We don't want to merely slow their growth tomorrow. Uh, But ultimately, our goal is to shrink the burden of federal spending as a share of GDP, uh, as a share of economic output. And, uh, and Paul Ryan's budget did that. It does reform the entitlements, which are the driver uh, that if we don't change them, we'll have our own Greek-style fiscal crisis in the future. So part of me is, oh, this isn't nearly as much as we need to do. Another part of me says, my goodness, if we can do this, we're not going to have a Greek-style fiscal crisis in 20 years, which is what will happen if we leave the budget on autopilot like the president is proposing. Let me elaborate just for a minute about the importance of what Ryan has proposed on entitlement reform. Because everyone in Washington, they they all have ponderous, pontificating uh, statements about, yes, we need to reform entitlements. But you really have to look at how they're doing it to get a sense of whether it's good policy. Most people in Washington, uh, especially the ones in the political establishment, their view of entitlement reform is simply to have price fixing for things like Medicare and Medicaid and then have a means testing for things like Medicare and Social Security. Those, program, those types of so-called reforms don't make the programs fiscally sustainable. Those types of reforms don't work. In the case of means testing, it's really backdoor implicit marginal tax rate increases What Ryan is doing on entitlements, block granting Medicaid and moving toward a premium support system for Medicare, those are reforms that actually are pretty close to what uh, some of our experts here at the Cato Institute have been talking about. So how you reform entitlements uh, says a lot about whether you want to shrink the burden of government or simply change how it's financed or impose additional controls on the economy. So it's the specifics of what Ryan is doing on Medicare and Medicaid uh, That appeals to me just as much, if not more, 
as the fact that he's controlling how fast uh, the spending on those programs is going to increase. The one thing that worries me about Paul Ryan uh, it's not the same. Other people say, well, he voted for some of these awful bills during the Bush years. He voted for TARP. He voted for the no bureaucrat left behind education bill. Obviously, I think those were bad votes. But I sort of excuse that as, OK, he was being a team player. I wish he wasn't, but he was. The thing that worries me is that in his roadmap plan, not the budget that the Republican conference passed, but in his roadmap plan, he has a value added tax. And Mitt Romney earlier this year uh, when interviewed by the Wall Street Journal, refused to disavow and promised not to impose a VAT. So if I had a worst-case scenario, it would be that the combination of Romney and Ryan might decide, especially if, like, milk toast Republicans got too squeamish about controlling spending, they might decide that a value-added tax was the only way uh, on paper of making the numbers add up. And I think that would be a catastrophic mistake. Do I think it's likely? No. I put the odds of, uh, of them doing something that awful pretty low. But if you were to ask me what's my downside fear, it's the value-added tax. Dan Mitchell is a senior fellow at the Cato Institute. You can read more of his work at Cato.org.